0: I didn't run this by you, Ryan, but I was going to call this the Henkel and Henkel show. (laughs) I like it. Welcome to checking out the competition, Carolina Hurricanes number two. Uh, We are joined by friend of the pod, Ryan Henkel. I didn't run this by you, Ryan, but I was going to call this the Henkel and Henkel show. (laughs) (laughs) I like it and it's it makes me laugh. Anyway, um yeah, so the Hurricanes. Um it's been a bit of time since the Flyers played them. We last played uh back on October 29th, a 4 to 3 overtime win for Carolina. And since then, the Canes have gone 14 and 10, if my math is correct, which is always a dicey proposition. Um <laughs> And are currently sitting uh, first in the Metro Division, which I don't really think is a big surprise to anyone. So um, if you can, why don't you kind of sum up what's been going on for Carolina since the end of October?
1: Yeah, so beginning of November, they kind of had, you know, two games back to back. The start of November is pretty good. And then they kind of took a bit of a tumble. November was a rough month. They lost. They, they were winless in five straight near the end. They, had a, they lost in a shutout to Arizona.
0: Yeah, uh, when I saw that, was, I was like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Things are not great in November. A lot of people were kind of on edge, but it's like those losses were like they were banking points cons- mm. consistently. They were like, they're making games close. So it's like people were, you know, like, oh, what's happening here? But then they, they rallied off. They have now have points in, I think, 11, 12 straight games. They're on a six-game winning streak in December. They really kind of, whatever November problem was, they really kind of moved past that. Part of it might have been the schedule. They had only eight of the first uh, 29, or nine of the first 28 games of the season were at home. Every other one was on the road. And it wasn't even like straight road trip. It was like, come home for one game, go on the road for two or three, come back for one. It was a really awkward flight schedule.
0: Yeah, that's super weird that it ended up like that, but sometimes the NHL schedule is super weird. Um, you mentioned that they are on a six-game winning streak, but they have actually only lost one game in the month of December, a 4-3 overtime loss to Anaheim. Anaheim. Um, What, if anything in particular, has started to go well?
1: Uh, Pyotr Kachikov has just completely taken Carolina by storm. Russian rookie netminder for Carolina. He's just become the absolute unit in net. He's <laughs> he's the full package. He's charismatic, he's funny, he's energetic and he's just like a wild man in the crease. He's rocking currently a 0.928 save percentage which is in the top 5 of the league, a 1.94 goals against top 3 and he's got three shutouts which I believe is tied for a league lead. And he's only played, you know, fifteen games this season. And he's just he's just been an absolute difference maker for Carolina. They played uh, New Jersey last night, and they were outshot, thirty eight to twenty. And the main reason they really came out—they won the game four-one because Coach Kov was just making save after save after save. He has been an insane difference maker for Carolina, who was looking shaky in goaltending to start yes. off this, this season. Both Rant and Anderson were sub nine hundred on the season they have not had great numbers at all. They've been they've been okay, but it's not at all the you know the combo that one the Jennings last year. They've kind of looked shaky at best.
0: Yeah, so he's 23, which is absolutely wild. Last year played 3 games, it looks like. Um were you guys expecting him to come in and, and play like this or is this like a total surprise for everybody?
1: I think if for the for the fans that were paying attention, he was really good with the Chicago Wolves in the AHL. He came over last year; it was his first uh, professional year in North America, and he you know helped the Chicago Wolves win the Calder Trophy. He was absolutely insane for them, and he had say, that same fiery spirit, flailing around the net. A lot of people who watched the the media who kept up with the Wolves would say he had a knack for losing his stick, but he would still be able to make those saves just because he was all over the place. But for the fans that were paying attention, he they could kind of see that this guy was. Okay, this might be a goaltender of the future for Carolina, who hasn't had a stable netminder since you know Cam Ward in 2016. It's the last time they really had that number one guy, and so yeah. I was going saying, say, and so it's just kind of been a little crazy to see. They got to see him in the playoffs a little bit too. You know, mm-hmm. he helped in that Boston series when Ranto went down for a little bit of an injury, and he just kind of. But I, even then, you never expect this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially from a 23 year old like that. We got it a little bit with Carter Hart, um, but I don't really think we know exactly what we have in Carter Hart because the team's never been good. But um, yeah, it's. I'm guessing this is feeling pretty good because I would say that if Carolina had a weakness at all over the last few years, it's been in goaltending. Like that was the place that they had to shore things up. I think in order to like, really really become like a legit threat in the eastern conference and now it seems like they have which is i mean like did we need another really good young russian goaltender in the metro i don't think we did
1: (laughs) but here something (laughs) something's in the water there i the amount of elite russian goaltenders is has just changed the complete dynamic of of the sport and kind of almost
0: churning them out And this is completely off topic, but Flyers fans will find it hilarious because we had one and then Vladimir Putin sent him to Siberia. (laughs) So it's like, in case you were wondering like how things are actually going for the Flyers. Um,
1: Even when things aren't going well for the Flyers, things really aren't going well for the Flyers. It's
0: it's, like you couldn't, if you were writing a movie, someone would be like, "Mm, dial it back a little bit. This is not very believable. It's getting a little ridiculous. But anyway, back to the Canes. just kind of looking at the guys who are scoring, um, Martin – I always say his name wrong. Natchez?
1: Yeah, you can get Martin Natchez.
0: Martin nailed it. Um, he's the points leader with 30, 13 goals, 17 assists. He was nowhere near the top of your scoring race last season. Um, has something changed with him? That's
1: a, I have my own theories on it. He okay. says – He said at the beginning of the year, he said when we talked to him in the locker room, kind of near the start of the season, he talked about a big one. He said was about kind of the mental side of the game. Mm. You know, when you're a young kid, like last year was just a tough year for him because he had a really good season before that. 40 points. And so and then he kind of plateaued last year and he just kind of really couldn't get it to connect things just weren't going his way. And I think that just kind of weared on him. And it's that mental fatigue of it all kind of took a took a toll on him. And then, so he said this year, he kind of got a sports psychologist. He kind of was working more on his mental side of the game as much as the physical side, which I think is a big help. It goes a long way. But I also think in terms of more of a dynamic kind of like play style wise, he's been allowed to be entrusted as a puck carrier more this season. When he was drafted and when he played in Chechia, he was a center. He was a dynamic center. He loves the puck on his stick. He loves skating around the zone. And as a winger, you know, you kind of, have a little bit less of that re- puck carrying responsibility, but I think this year we've definitely seen him be the primary handler. Because uh, last year he played most of his minutes with Trocheck, Vincent Trocheck, and Trocheck was more of a he. He's more of a guy who likes to keep the puck on his stick. He's not as much of a facilitator. Where I see Nature's, I think this year the lines he's been on, he's really been more allowed to be that puck here. That's my own personal theory. I feel when I watch him, I think he's just so much more dynamic, being entrusted to be that guy. Kind of, he wanted to play center. And like, this is kind of like the next best thing for him is being the facilitator with the puck. If, even if he's not at center.
0: So just kind of, um, continuing on this comparison from last season, um, Tevo who was a pretty look like reliable scorer for you guys last year. Um, I know he's missed some games this year, but he's only got 11 points, two goals, nine assists. Is there any worry about his play this season?
1: I think there was at the beginning of the year. Uh, he definitely had that kind of slow approach to it, um, but they yeah, had the injury. Kind of, he was he missed a pretty sizable chunk of time. Pretty much uh, most of the end of November, second okay. half of November, he missed. And since then, he's kind of come back. He's been almost a different player. He was less engaged at the start of the season. It was kind of mm-hmm. a little sluggish. He was kind of hit or miss. But he definitely seems a lot more engaged. He just had a shorthanded goal last night. Uh, he's been playing with a lot more fire, a lot more energy. And so I, I don't know what it was necessarily because it just it, he just didn't look right, and it wasn't like he was dealing with an injury at the time. or At least nobody said he was. But since coming back, he seems he seems much more engaged now. So he's it looks a lot it looks more like we're kind of used to with him as a kind of two way winger who can facilitate the puck.
0: And is Sebastian Aho hurt right now?
1: Yeah, he's missed the last six games with a lower body injury.
0: Um, I see him listed as day to day online. Is there any chance that he's going to play in this game?
1: Uh potentially. Uh, he he uh, was at practice. Kane's last practice before New Jersey. He was a participant in the practice. Uh, Rod Redmore said he wanted him to see him in a full practice, more full practice. He wanted to get him like the whole whole shebang, do it, the whole run through before he gets him. You know, because the Canes aren't too worried about. You know, they're on a 16 winning streak without Aho. So they're not like, we need him back, which yeah. is weird because, you know, how often do you lose your best player and you go on to win six teams in a row?
0: <laughs> pretty nice. Pretty but, nice.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, they've been saying day to day because it's been kind of a check. It's been a check in every time. It's like, okay, well, is Aho ready yet? And he's like, nope, not this weekend. All right, not this week. And so it's kind of been one of those slow moving, which I know Flyer fans have a lot, a lot of trust issues when it comes to injury news, especially with yeah. Chuck Fletcher's tenure. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah it's but I
1: think although's going to be fine it's it's uh he's been skating, he's been in practices, so he should be close to returning.
0: um I didn't ask about this back in October because we hadn't had that many games to go from, but um, how is the Brent Burns experience going in Carolina?
1: It's kind of ad- as advertised it's uh he's a great puck mover. he does well in the power play. But his, his age is a thing. He's not as dynamic on his skate. His skating is not as dynamic as it once was. And that's definitely a thing that it kind of hurt him to start the season. It's just, he, you know, he makes those pinches and whatnot. If a, guy, if a guy's not back, you know, he can't, he can't get back. He does not have the foot speed to catch up anymore at 38, 37. But saying that, he has been a lot better in the latter half of the season. He's been really good with the puck. He's got 18 assists on the season now. He's just been slowly racking up those points. And a lot of them are not primary, the tertiary kind of assists or secondary assists you see from a defenseman. But he's really been a big piece of just kind of scoring. I mean, it's it's as advertised. His defense is actually better than a lot of people kind of gave him credit for. He's got a re- He's really good with his stick. It's just his foot speed is like the only thing that's kind of like, Ugh, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tony D'Angelo has been as advertised, which is to say <laughs> – Sometimes good at offense, always bad at defense. <laughs> I best.
1: remember those days.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you don't miss them at all. <laughs> um, I mean, I am i would imagine that a team that's only lost one game in an entire calendar month does not have a lot of things going poorly for it. But if anything, what's going poorly for the Canes right now? Uh,
1: I would say they still kind of have a little bit of an issue with odd man chances.
0: Okay.
1: It's just kind of the nature of Carolina's game. The defense are like really active. They jump into plays. They cycle forwards to go. <laughs> You'll see like Brett Pesci and Jalen Chatfield or Burns behind the opposing net. Like they're not afraid to just run into the zone. And so Carolina is a team that's very susceptible to getting caught in those odd man situations. If, uh, if a team kind of either cherry picks near the line or gets that turnover, Carolina really struggles kind of giving up those odd man breaks. And so that's kind of been a thing where it's been a little bit of a weakness for him, but it's like they have the foot speed on, on defense mm-hmm. to get back. Like Jalen Chatfield is like a player. not not many people know him third line guy. Kind of, he started his career in Vancouver. Uh, Carolyn picked him up off, uh, you know, just the free agency, but he just has such good foot speed. He can close gaps so well. And everyone can do it. Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, Jacob Slavin. They're all so good at skating and closing those gaps. It kind of nullifies that weakness. Yeah. If a team has the if a team's fast on their skates, it can get up ice fast. That's how you kind of catch Carolina.
0: Okay, so that won't help the Flyers. But that's okay. Um,
1: I don't know. Tortorella's been a coach that has always been a thorn in Carolina's side.
0: Yeah, when, he was with I mean, Col-
1: when when he was with Columbus, like I don't know, even, I can't even remember how many games Carolina lost to Columbus back in his tenure.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. He, I think, is. Getting as much as he possibly can out of this particular stone, um, there's just not a lot like, I mean, at the end of the day, like if the team doesn't have a lot of talent, there's only so much you can do so yeah. um, nobody's well, I guess maybe Kinecney is fast, but uh, other than that, I don't really know if there's any real threat to be cherry picking at the line and beating the entire Carolina defense up ice. Um, <laughs> we're recording this on Wednesday the. The Canes play Pittsburgh on Friday before this Flyers game on Saturday. Um, do you expect that the Pens are going to get the good goaltender? I, I would imagine that if I were. I well,
1: would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine Kachikov would go in Pittsburgh and then Auntie Ranta would get the Flyers game. Because right. Frederick Anderson's been skating, but we still haven't gotten an update on whether he'll pop back, whenever he'll pop back in the lineup. So it's, yeah. it's either Antti Ranta more than likely or if Anderson a wild card out of nowhere, but I'd expect not Kachikov.
0: Yeah. And the, the drop-off between the two goaltenders is, is pretty high. Ronta has an eight, nine, one, compared to Kachikov's nine twenty eight. So, you know, at least we won't have the brick wall <laughs> to go through <laughs> Flyers fans. You have that to look forward to. Um, who would you say outside of kind of the, the obvious guys, are Natchez that we talked about, Sveshnikov having a great season, Aho, obviously very good if he plays. Um, who's looked especially good for the Canes?
1: Uh, Somebody who's kind of come out of right field and you kind of wouldn't have expected him to start the season, Stefan Nason. You know, former first-round pick in 2011. He hadn't played an NHL game prior to this season. He hadn't scored an NHL point prior to this season since I think it was 2018-2019. He had bounced, he had been an AHL journeyman, bounced around all over the place. And he was just a guy, he, but I mean, last year in the AHL, he was the scoring leader, scored 47 goals down there. Hmm. But even though you see, you see those AHL goal scores, they never, it's like, oh, they can never translate the NHL. It doesn't matter, whatever. But Stefan Nason, six goals, 16 points for the Hurricanes this season. He's playing on power play one as the primary net front guy. Yeah. He's. He has been exceptional for a fourth liner. It's like these the stats you would see at the end of the year for a guy like this. For a, like for what you would expect of him. But he's been so good. He's he's um since Aho's been out, he actually has three goals in that span. He's leading the team in that stretch since wow. Aho's been out with an injury. And he's been, yeah, he's been exceptional. He's just out of nowhere, just kind of been able to find his game again and just kind of give Carolina that depth scoring that every team craves. They need you need that depth scoring. When you get Stefan Nason, six on your team in points, all of a sudden you're like, oh, didn't see that coming.
0: Yeah, that's wild. It's not very often you see a fourth liner on Power Play 1. That's for sure. Um, Anything else of note you think that we should know about the Canes heading into this game?
1: No, I mean, yeah, they'll be in this. They'll be on the second half back-to-back, so it could be... Potential fatigue factors. Everybody says that about every team, though.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, no, I think Carolina's just been a team that's just kind of on a roll right now. And it's just kind of... It's one of those ones that even if, if they're ahead, if they're down, they play the same exact way. They just roll those four lines. They get in your zone. They dump it into the zone, and they just kind of grind you away. And that's just kind of the game you can expect every time when you play Carolina.
0: I feel like every season when we do our... You know, way too early predictions for the playoffs at Broad Street Hockey Radio. Someone in- inevitably says that the Hurricanes are going to win the Eastern Conference with this goaltending situation. Do you like, as a fan, are you started kind of, kind of starting to like feel that, like, oh man, maybe, maybe this is the year it could happen.
1: I could see it. I think, I think during the off season, a lot of people were pretty optimistic. Cause they brought in Brent Burns. They brought in Max Pacioretty. All these guys have kind of been like, Oh, these guys were huge names in the league. And, but it was the question of mm, kind of their age. Are they able to do it? And then at the start of the season, you know, Brent Burns was a bit slow to start. Pacioretty's, the Keely's injury hasn't played yet. Anderson and Aranta were, were not playing well. And so kind of fans were like, Oh, this could, could be of with all these veteran presences. And then the veterans weren't really clicking. And then it was like, Oh, were these the wrong moves? But I think now it's kind of the ball starting to roll again where they're like, okay, if Kachakov is what we think he is, and he can consistently be what we think he is, I think that's the biggest difference maker. Because Carolina last year in the playoffs probably can beat the Rangers mm-hmm. in advance to the Eastern Finals if Anderson stays healthy or Ranta stays healthy for the yeah. whole series. I, it's I, I think it's one of those yeah. ones. And so it's I think it's every every team, though, if you have goaltending, your goal far.
0: I'm yeah, sorry, I think that's
1: the golden question.
0: Yeah, it's uh, to be quite honest, um, as someone who's has to pick another team to root for, um, <laughs> would not hate seeing the Hurricanes being the team that comes out of the East at all. I think that would be a lot of fun. I mean, imagine like a, if the Avalanche can get there again, like an Avs Canes final. Oh, man.
1: That'd be, that'd be an intense one.
0: That would be like, so I think fun to watch.
1: Carolina really does give me that kind of Colorado feel. They don't have the high echelon star power of like a Kale McCarr or Nathan McKinnon. but You right. have like just the next step down of star power of like Andre Sveshnikov, Sveshnaho. Like you have those kind of those top talents. But it's like the team where everyone's like, oh, this this team, this is their year. <laughs> it's just like every year they're just kind of oh, second round exit, second round exit, second round exit. So I think it's like, I can see it. It's like time day I'm like, I'm like, I can see him doing it, but I can also, I can also see him not doing it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's fair. It's kind of, it kind of seems to be like the thing that happens with these really good teams. Like it happened with Tampa. It happened with the abs where the team's really good. Everyone's like, this is a really good team. They could definitely get to the final and then they don't. And that happens for a few years and then they do. And it's just like, okay, yeah, so it it just finally clicked. They just had to figure it out. And like you said, very often it's, you know, the goalie being really, really good. And so if you got that, it might be the year for the hurricanes. Would not hate it. So, final score prediction. What do you got?
1: Uh let's see. I think I think last time, I think I said 3-1, empty netter at the end. So go this time we'll give the we'll say it's a five-three. Oh, win for carolina i think it'll okay. be a bit of a goal scoring affair
0: i wouldn't hate that at least it would be fun um i too am going to give the flyers a little bit of credit and hope that they can score a few goals on the backup goalie Um I'll say, I'm going to say it's a little bit closer. I'm going to say 4-3 Carolina. Just because I, I don't think there's any way the Flyers beat them. Seems unlikely.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, Cairns were shut out by Arizona <laughs> early That's
0: in the true. That's true. Like Anything can happen. That's why we love this stupid sport so much. Ryan, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. If you would like, you can tell people where they can find you on the internet.
1: Uh, primarily, you can find me on Twitter. At R Y A N H E N K E L underscore. I team updates, you know, talk with Rod. I go to practices, do all the stuff, all the media things. So if you're trying to keep up with the Carolina Hurricanes, you can follow me. Keep up with all the goings on there. Also, canescountry.com to read up on everything Carolina.
0: Yeah. And and always check out the flyby to find the link to the Canes, uh, the Canes Country Metro Roundup, which is my favorite thing that you guys do. It's a handy little weekly feature. So check that out. Ryan, thanks again. I hope that you enjoy the game. Hope everyone enjoys the game. And I hope everyone has a lovely Christmas. Go Flyers!